I'd like to give you a really intellectual answer, but it was a drunken night out. It's December 1979 in Washington, D.C. Britain's new Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, is about to make her first big speech in the U.S. But before she does, she arranges a meeting with another British icon, John Lennon. She has an offer for him that she believes could change the course of his life. But will he accept? Or will their fears of the past and their dreams of the future come to the surface? That's the basic plot of an intriguing new play called Whiskey and Soda that will debut at the Stables Theatre in Hastings next week. Written by Ben Randall, directed by Jane Richardson and starring Peter Miller and Sarah Nower, it's the conversation that might never have taken place in reality, but if it had, well, Ben's imagination fills in the blanks. And sit tight, because their powerful beliefs and force of personalities leads to a dramatic and explosive finale. Whiskey and Soda is at the stables for two nights only, on Tuesday 19th and Wednesday 20th of July, that's next week. Book your tickets through the stable box office or website, there's a link in the programme notes of this podcast. I'm Stuart Bailey, and this is Hastings in Focus. Ben Randall is the author of Whiskey and Soda. Ben, it's a fascinating idea. Um, when Thatcher was in the early days of her premiership, Lennon was still sort of 11 months to a year away from coming back with this long-awaited album. So uh, the obvious question is, where did the idea come from? Uh, I'd like to give you a really intellectual answer but it was a drunken night out. Okay. <laughs> so, so a bunch of friends were, were all out and we're thinking, we were playing this game, we're thinking who would be the two worst people in, in a lift together? Mm. And we, as we got more and more drunk, we came up with the worst and worst ideas. And obviously one of the ideas was putting Margaret Thatcher and John Lennon stuck in a lift together. Uh, and it kind of stuck with me, past the hangover. I just thought, oh, that might be quite an interesting thing if they got stuck in a lift. What would happen? What would the conversation be, you know? And that's where it came from. Because, yeah, they are kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. I can't imagine them ever being people who would have naturally sought each other out. Well, exactly, yeah. Um, but it's interesting, the more you look into it, the more kind of they flip on themselves, almost. So it's, you expect one to be one way, and then actually they're the other. Because obviously Margaret Thatcher came from a more working-class background, and John Lennon was brought up in a sort of upper-middle-class sort of suburbia. And so obviously, but then Margaret Thatcher is the epitome, if you, if you like, if, of, of the Conservative Party, and John Lennon was professed to be for the working man. So it's kind of like a, they flipped on each other, really. So that's what also made it quite interesting. So you've got this idea. I mean, where did you go with it? How did you start your research? Well, I, I didn't know if they'd ever met. So basically, I just did a bit of research thinking, I wonder if they did meet, and, you know, if they'd ever interacted with each other, and they seemingly didn't. Um, so I just thought... Cool. This would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Put them together, and I just thought, well, what about timelines? You know, where you know, obviously, when would they meet? When could they possibly meet? You know, how could we create a conceit where they could meet? And 1979 was was the time, really, um, and that's when this place set in 1979. You tend to think of Thatcher in America being Thatcher and Reagan, but of course, in '79 it was still Jimmy Carter. It was, yeah. So, I mean, what can you? tell us about the play without giving too much away so margaret thatcher has a uh, a deal or an offer 
for John Lennon because John Lennon at that point really wanted to come back to uh, Britain. He hadn't been back for, for many, many years because he had visa issues. If he'd left, then he probably wouldn't have been allowed back into America. So we created this idea that actually maybe Margaret Thatcher's got a deal for him to solve his problems. And that's where we kind of go on from. So we've got them both in a room together, she's got an offer for him, and then it's a conversation that comes from there. And in the description of the play, it does touch on you know, the, the fact that they, they go their separate ways and he goes on to produce this, this album, Double mm. Fantasy. Is there some connection between their conversation and the inspiration for the album? Do you want, yeah, I was, I was, yeah. Am I looking too deeply into this? No, not at all. I think, I mean, you know, a lot of this is obviously, is, there's a lot of fact there, sort of dates and times and what they did and where they went. Um, and you can see the play does link into the speech that Margaret Thatcher gave. But obviously we've worked that backwards. Mm. We could suggest that there are certain suggestions within the play that might lead him on to doing double fantasy because there's a moment where he talks about how he changes into the future. Peter Miller and Sarah Nower play the leading characters. Peter, obviously, John Lennon and um, Sarah <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Um, Peter, first, how did you how did you tackle this part? It's, it's a real person, not just a fictional character. Yeah, um, that was one of the, the real kind of attractions to it, to actually play, you know, such an icon and being a fan of, of the Beatles and of Lennon um, anyway. Um, but it was very difficult and it is the very, very first time I've ever actually played a person who actually existed. And there's quite a lot of baggage that comes with that. When you're playing a fictitious fictitious character, you can just come up with anything you want. You can create that character. Yes, you use what's in the script or anything like that, but when there's a real person there, you've got to do your research, I guess. So there was a, a lot of that for, I think, for both of us. Does it start to take over? It did, yeah. Doing a deep dive into someone where who, who's got so much about them, it becomes like it absolutely takes over um, and then of course you're so concerned about what everybody remembers about them um, and you know if you ask people even down to you know what their voice is like how they move what they sound you know how they are what glasses he was particularly wearing what his hair was like or all of those kinds of things you know you'll get different answers according to a different uh, their particular memory that they've latched onto from their whole career but in this case, we've got a very specific period of time, you know, even down to things like the glasses. Yeah. You're like, what glasses are we going to have? Yeah. You know, because everybody thinks of certain ones. And it's like, actually, he was wearing something a little bit different at that point. Lennon was at a low point in his career, I suppose, for, for what a better description. Yeah, well, he hadn't done anything. He'd, he'd been, he hadn't done anything musical for, for, say, four years, four or five years at this point. Um, he's given up to 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 be a father to his to his son Sean um so he's a stay-at-home dad and has you know potentially got these feelings of not really knowing who he was anymore you know he's been John Lennon for all this time and now he's dad yep. in New York and people can you know walk past him and not necessarily even notice or pay him any major attention and you know, if you're 
John Lennon, then maybe that could be a struggle. Yeah. Sarah, Peter, I suppose, has got the the plus of playing a character who's fondly remembered and, and people love. Um, yours, Margaret Thatcher has become something of a Marmite character in our history. <laughs> um, how, how did you tackle, or how did you become interested in the part, and, and what was your approach to it? Oh, that's quite a tricky one. Um, initially, I think I was quite uh, daunted by the idea of even auditioning for it because she was such a disliked character. Um, partly I think everybody these days uses social media to publicise their plays and I thought I can't possibly tell my Facebook friends that I'm playing Margaret Thatcher because they'll all unfriend me. <laughs> <laughs> but then I thought it sounded quite an interesting challenge um, and it has been and, and I think the Thatcher of 79 is probably a different Thatcher than the one we all know and dislike from later in her career. She was only six months into her premiership. Absolutely, and she, and I think however, however you look at her at the end, you have to have some enormous respect for what she actually achieved. I mean, she was a, a woman leader at a time where women were, there was still an awful lot of discrimination, um, sexual harassment, all the kind of things that we don't accept these days, but were just part of life in the late 70s. Like Peter, I think a lot of the research I used, YouTube, um, watched hours of Thatcher videos until I was going cross-eyed. Um, and there's some quite interesting ones out there. I mean, there's obviously a lot of the political stuff, but I found one that was um, programmed, I think it was called Woman to Woman with Dr. Miriam Stoppard, if you remember her. And it's much more of a personal, intimate one um, interview. And Margaret Thatcher weeps when she's talking about her father, which is, oh my goodness, well, I wouldn't have expected that. So that was, that was quite useful just to, to um, inform me of a different side of the character. Put some perspective on it, I suppose. Mm -hmm, absolutely. But I mean, you're not attempting impersonations, are you? I mean, you're, you're not, or are you? Uh, not full on impersonations like you would see on you know, TV or something like that. I, I think we, well, I certainly felt it. I think we 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 discussed that we both kind of fell a bit prey to worrying about that at one point. I very much got in my head a, a few weeks ago, and I was very worried about that I wasn't John Lennon enough, and like the voice wasn't quite there, or you know certain things I just couldn't quite. But then talking about it more, both with Ben and Jane, our director, and to each other, and some other you know other, other actor friends that I have, and. It, put some different perspective on it in that it's not about an, Im an impersonation of a person. It's, this is a situation that is inspired by two people that we don't even, be you know, Ben doesn't know them personally. He can't say that these people would have ever exactly said these words in this way. But we all have an idea of them and we can channel the research that we do about them and then, then create a character. We still have to we have to come through that character. It's our personal thing, and I suppose in some respects, for mm. you, that's it's, you. You were able to look for the humanity, the, the the woman in in the character, rather than just the politician. Yes, which is the image. Yes, absolutely. Because I think you can't go into playing a character if you just find them distasteful mm. and you and you dislike them. You've got to find something about them that you can 
present. Um, otherwise, the play would be um, quite strange. I think. It is a case of, of getting their essence, and hopefully, you know, audiences will will buy into it. You know, in the first few minutes, hopefully, and then then it's like, yeah, okay, I can accept that. I can suspend my disbelief and I know that I'm not actually looking at Margaret Thatcher and I'm not actually looking at John Lennon, but I'm, I'm, I'm bored with this idea, so. Yeah, I mean, I looked at, um, I watched a couple of videos of Gillian uh, Anderson talking about how she had presented Margaret Thatcher in The Crown. And that was quite useful because, again, you've got somebody that normally doesn't really look anything like Margaret Thatcher, but she would just present, she had the luxury of <laughs> far more expensive hair and makeup than we're having. But, no. Um, <laughs> but it's, again, it's quite useful just to get different people's perceptions on how to present a character. Coming back to you, Ben, in terms of writing plays or, or writing in general, what's, what's your background? Have you done much of this before? Uh, yeah, uh, so I started off in stand-up comedy. My first gig was in Bexhill, actually. Um, uh, and then I went to London and did the circuit. Um, and then through a weird happenstance, I, I was, ended up writing from uh, writing more than I did stand-up. And so I was writing jokes for people. And I wrote... It's a really strange thing that happened. I wrote a script for a, a late-night cabaret, and it was really quite blue. And uh, so I came along that night checking the gags, because we changed it from night to night, depending on, you know, because it's, it's kind of satirical. And um, so there's a couple of producers in the, in the audience and they went up to the uh, Peter Straker who was singing and uh, he said, oh, who, who wrote your script? He said, oh, he's here tonight if you want to meet him. And they came over and said, have you ever thought about writing for children's television? <laughs> so how they made that link, I'm not sure. And I wasn't entirely sure what kind of programme they were looking for. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and then I got into television and started writing that way. So, um, yeah, so I've done all kinds of different things, so from pantos to radio programmes to books. And anything, anything in TV that people might sort of... Well, probably my, the most famous Bob the Builder. Oh, right, OK. So, so the children, the children's the children, TV. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was probably the most famous thing. Fascinating. And in terms of why stage play you know, a, a piece like this... Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you done much of that before? Yeah, well, we did, we did a, a pantomime at Drury Lane um, a few years ago. Uh, so on lots of different things, we've done lots of pantos, bizarrely. I also write with another another chap um, who we, we co-wrote quite a few things with. So uh, we've done all kinds of different things, really, so very things, yeah. So um, ambitions for this piece, where, where would you like to see it? Uh, it'd be great, well, it'd be great to take it on tour, to be honest, mm -hmm. because it's two people in it. The set can be the set's going to be bigger than it would be on a tour because um, we've got projections and all kinds of things like that. But we can adapt it to make it to fit into the back of a van, and we can take it around potentially take it around the country. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea, really. And it's on nineteenth and twentieth. Nineteenth and twentieth of July at seven thirty at the Staples Theatre in Hastings. And tickets as normal from the from the box from office. The box office, yeah, yeah. No, not online. Yeah. Book your tickets now on 01424 423 221 or at the Stables website. The play runs for two nights on July 19th and 20th. That's next week. <laughs> <laughs>